Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Off the top in the sour, though, an interesting new report from the think tank Cardis that explores Canada's fertility rate, why it is what it is, and, and could it or should it be higher? Now, if you look at all the babies that are born in Canada on any given year, does that represent the total amount of desired babies, babies that women wanted to have? Or do we have a situation where women want to have Children or more children, but aren't. And if so, why? And I guess from that, uh, should we want to address that? I mean, do we have a vested interest in this? At the individual level, it's a personal decision. Do you want to have children? How many do you want to have? But do we as a society have a vested interest in uh, having a certain birth rate? You know, and maybe there are economic reasons. We're going to need our population to increase in the years ahead. And is, is that one way to help us get there? So there's some important questions this all raises. You can read more on this report at cardus.ca, C-A-R-D-U-S dot C-A. But joining us uh, to talk more about uh, this report and what it found, very pleased to welcome to the program here this morning, Andrea Morozik, a senior fellow at Cardus. Andrea, good to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for having me on. So from your perspective, why is this an important question and and what is it that this report attempts to answer? Really just ask the question of how many children do Canadian women aspire to and what are Canadian women's fertility desires? It's a question that's been asked historically and we followed up with uh, this survey that was released just today. Um, And in it we learn, as you know, that Canadian women are not having as many children as they would like to. So they're not fulfilling their family desires, and uh, we asked them about why and, and can talk about that in uh, greater detail, as you wish. Yeah, but just to make it clear, so it's a big difference between saying, you know, Canadian women aren't having as many babies as we, the collective we, would want. This is about what women want. Yeah, that's exactly what we tried to ask, and so um, there's a big gap um, between the aspirations women have and then the actual reality, so... Um, Canadian women would like to have 2.2 kids on average. Uh, They expect to have 1.9 in a realistic sense and then are only likely to have about 1.4, which is where our current fertility rate sits at. So um, those are the results in a nutshell. About Canadian women on average uh, would desire about 0.5, a half, half an extra kid. So it's funny when you talk about the averages and the numbers that come out, obviously, you only ever have one or two kids, but some might have want, want three and some want one. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, yeah, it, it does vary from individual to individual. Is this meant and, and then kind of on average or how do we how do we get to the point of saying, OK, this is the, the desire and this is the actual? Um, well, the inte- yeah, the desire are we ask that on a general family level what what do canadian women think are an appropriate number of kids or the the desire for other families and for their own families ultimately though i think the takeaway for listeners today is simply that we aren't having as many children as we'd like to and um 
And I think that's something that's important to highlight in the sense that for the most part, we talk about fertility today in Canada as being the result of perfect choices, and that's not actually what we found. So there's a sense we have that everybody's having the number of kids they want to as a result of choices they've made in their lives. And this report would indicate it's actually an obstacle and there's unfulfilled desires and that that actually means a happiness hit. Um, we asked about life satisfaction and uh, women who are able to have the number of children they desire have a uh, higher life satisfaction than those who either have more children than they wanted or those who have less. So how big a gap are we talking about here? In the life satisfaction or in well, just the, in the overall picture. I mean, if, you know, we, we have the actual birth rates and we have sort of a, a hypothetical number, I guess, of what it would be if women were having the, the number of children that they wanted to. What's the difference between the two? So I've talked with demographers, um, experts in this field who say that this is actually a big difference. If women on average would like to have 0.5 more children than they're having that has vast ramifications for the actual number of children who are born and our family lives today. And in your lead-in, you talked about some of how that may play out, whether it's for the economy or our social safety net. Um, there are ramifications to the fertility rate that we have in this country today. Mm-hmm. Now, I suppose amid all of this, and it all balances out a certain way, but I, I guess there are women who, you know, there are women who don't have as many kids as they would have liked. Do we also have, is there a subset of women who do have, end up having more children than, than maybe they would have preferred? Right. We did ask about that. And, and that was in the context of the life satisfaction. So again, right. those who have the number of children they desire um, have the highest life satisfaction. Um, we do have low life satisfaction or happiness for women who have more children than they desire. But this is a very thin sliver of Canadian women. There are far more women who do not have as many children as they would like. And so when we focus exclusively on preventing childbirth, we're avoiding a subsection of women who desire more children and can't or don't have those children for various reasons, which we also asked about. Well, let's try to unpack that a little bit further. And I mean, you know, part of it is, I guess, how women perceive having children, why that desire exists in the first place, what they expect, uh, you know, that, that they'll get from that experience, everything else that comes with it, and then what ends up holding them back. So what, what do we know about those two sides? So in asking about the obstacles, we did ask women who would desire to have children, they want to have children, um, uh, what holds them back or what decreases the likelihood that they'll have those kids in the next two years. And the answers we got were really varied, I'd say, but um, the top one was wanting to grow as a person. Um, the second was desiring to save money, a need to focus on career the idea or belief that kids require intense care, the inability to find a suitable partner, and that one tied with a desire for leisure, leisure consumption. So those were the top five reasons um, women said they would not, uh, that would decrease their likelihood of having children in the next two years. I personally think that's interesting because it contrasts with discussion we've been having around purely economic factors or childcare costs or housing costs that we might assume 
are the reasons why women aren't having the children they say they want. Um, those did register on the long list of um, reasons why women are delaying childbirth, but they mm-hmm. weren't the top reasons. Well, yeah, and I mean, economics do matter. And it's interesting that as this report finds that the correlation between income and, and fertility rates, that maybe there's a, a stereotype that it's lower income families who, for whatever reason, end up having more children and the, the wealthier, more successful families don't. But it appears as though the richer you are, the, the more children you have. Is, is that what the, the numbers tell us? Um, That is indeed a storyline that comes out from this survey that uh, Canada stands out, I think, in the developed world as um, having uh, having more kids is correlated with uh, higher income. Um, It speaks a little bit to the picture of wanting your life to be have all your ducks in a row before you have kids, before you get married, before you have kids. So. it takes us a long time in our modern developed world, in Canada specifically, to get from the place of um, going to school and then paying for that schooling, establishing a career, and and then getting into family life. And to me, that's where the interesting point of inquiry lies, is why is it that we view having a family as incompatible with personal growth, and why is it that we view it as incompatible with um, growing or focusing on a career. These two things, um, that's a question I have and something that we'd like to do a little more research and writing on. Um, but certainly a lot of parents would jump in and say, well, you can grow as a person while you have a kid, right? What's the thing? Because I don't think anyone's claiming here that having kids makes you rich. I don't think that's true. However, you know, it's it's interesting because there are some points here about the idea of stability and and maternal and material and relationship uh, success. All of those things matter. So maybe the correlation there between between wealth or stability and, and fertility rates, maybe it's a little more complex. Is that fair to say? Oh, well, I definitely, it's not the greatest media soundbite, but I think there's a lot of complexity to the results here. And um, a lot of the factors are admirable, certainly desiring to save money and growing as a person. Nobody's ever going to criticize that. But how is it that we spend so much time doing that um, such that we may not actually be able to fulfill our family desires um, in a way that's that's the question mark. In a prior generation, um, you had both higher intentions for fertility and higher um, fertility rates. And people, I think, combined family with their working lives to a greater extent. And today it seems like we do things more sequentially, and that may not always work in the context of women's biology. So what are the implications of this, Andrew? Is it just about better understanding this? or Because it seems like part of the implication here is, okay, if there are roadblocks... Uh, to, to you know that are holding women back from what they want to achieve that that shouldn't we as a society try to to remove those is, is that where we take this yeah I mean certainly we could talk and there has been some good discussion around policy outcomes and um, what what to do about this at a very basic level I think it's news and new information that women want to have more children than they're having in this country um, it's 
by the way, of course, contested as everything is, whether we need more kids or whether it's fine where we are, um, I think we ought to be uh, helping to facilitate the family desires of women and that it's a good thing that having as many kids as you'd like to have is a good thing. Um, at, at a basic level, I think a little bit of optimism and hope about the nature of having children, inserting that into the language and the discussion that we have around this, whatever the policy outcomes are, um, we need to be a bit more encouraging and um, talk about having kids as a thing that most everyone can do with great success. Very interesting. Much more, as mentioned, cardus.ca, C-A-R-D-U-S dot C-A. Some really interesting findings here. Andrea, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate this. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.